You on, Alex? Lovely. Good morning, everyone. Nice to see you all. It's exciting what God has started doing this morning. And um, I believe because of his wonderful grace, he's going to continue to do that. So I, I would ask you, please, as best you can, don't switch off for half an hour. Don't switch off. Stay connected. And I'm going to read from Matthew 26. And uh, here we go. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and they plotted to arrest Jesus in some sly way to kill him. Uh, But not during the feast, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. While Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which he poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing for me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, what will you give me if I hand him over to you? So they counted out 30 silver coins. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with you and my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus directed them. You want to see church growth? The disciples did as Jesus directed them. And they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to one another, Surely not I, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go, as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him that he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. And Jesus answered and said, Yes, it is you. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread. He gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup. He gave thanks and offered it to them, saying, Drink 
from it, all of you. This is my blood. This is my blood of the covenant which was poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Hang on a minute. This is, this is the God, this is the creator, the one who made this world. He made this world and he was going to give his blood for his disciples. 2 Chronicles 6, there was this great celebration in the temple because the temple was being dedicated and it says that they sacrificed so many cattle and sheep they could not number them. And other times it said a thousand cattle were sacrificed. But on that occasion, innumerable amount, there was blood everywhere. Blood everywhere. The only way we can come into the presence of God. And I'm not trying to be offensive here. There's blood everywhere. And it's the blood of our beautiful Saviour, our perfect Jesus, the one who'd done no wrong. His blood is everywhere. That's offensive. We cannot come before him without the blood of Jesus. That was offensive enough to the Jewish people to say, drink my blood. But friends, the other side of the cross... I mustn't become familiar with the blood of Jesus and that appalling price that was paid for my sin and for our sin. God, and he knew it was coming. I tell you, I will not drink the fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Want to understand that? Go back and get out the, the tape, that, the, the CD that Steve did on the marriage. It explains it beautifully. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus told them, This very night uh, you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, good old Peter, Even if they all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, this very night before the cock crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here a while while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow, even to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to the disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away from me, and, um, unless I drink it, I may your will be done. When he came back, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more, prayed a third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, 
The hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go from here. Here comes my betrayer. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived with him with a large crowd armed with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal for them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Friend, do what you came for. Then the men stepped forward. They seized Jesus and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached out for a sword, drew it out and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you not think that I could call on my father and he would at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scripture be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? At that time, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching, and you did not arrest me. But this has taken place, that the writings of the prophets may be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted and fled. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed at a distance right up to the courtyard of the high priest, and he entered and sat down with the guards to see what the outcome would be. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus, so then they could put him to death. But they did not find any, even though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Yes, It is as you say, Jesus replied, but I say to all of you, in the future, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, he has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look now, you have heard that blasphemy, what do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. Then... Then they spat in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, prophesy to us, Christ, who hit you? Now Peter was sitting out of the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway and another girl saw him um, and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I do not know this man. 
after a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are not one of them, for your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, I don't know this man. Immediately a cock crowed. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken. Before the cock crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Wow. Matthew 26. (laughs) I'm calling this today, it's the gospel. It's Jesus. It's the gospel. It's Jesus. Today, if you don't know Jesus, I've got some very good news for you. Very good news for you. If you want to learn a bit more about Jesus, I've got some good news for you. If you want to meet Jesus today, I've got some very good news for you. <laughs> if you already follow Jesus, I've got some good news for you as well. Anyone looking forward to some good news? Yeah, let's play along. <laughs> you see, in that passage of scripture, look at what Jesus was doing all the time. He was loving people. He was caring for people. He cared for the outcast, the leper. He went to their house. He, he cared for about the woman who anointed him. He didn't chase her away. He was loving. He received what she gave for him. He even loved and cared for his betrayer. I think I'd find that one quite difficult. (laughs) He loved and cared for his friends, didn't he? He loved and cared for his closest disciples, took an interest, was looking after them. The high priest's servant, even when all the focus should be on protecting himself, he reaches out to heal. One of the other... other Gospel tells us that it was Peter, old Mr. Mouth, who got his sword out and chopped off the high priest's servant's ear. We're told it's called Malchus. So what does Jesus do? Does he go, ha ha, serves you right? He healed him. Do you know God still heals ears today? Yeah? Yeah, he does. God still heal, heals, heals, ears, heals, eels today. So I watched too much of Hugh Furley Whittingstall, I'm sorry. He heals, well, you know, he makes it better. <laughs> and Jesus, even when he was, he was confronted by the high priest, once he said, I adjure you by the living God, that pressed the button, didn't it? And even out of respect for his position, Jesus answered him with the truth. And I'll tell you, in these coming days, we're going to have to speak the truth. Not out of our weaknesses and not out of our um, positions of, of where we stand on certain things. We have to declare the truth. People aren't necessarily going to like it. But it's going to help the kingdom be established. It's going to draw in the kingdom. Yes, let's be seeker sensitive. But also, when we're all straight, let's tell, let's tell straight. Look at what John said last week. I mean, that just hit right between the eyes, didn't it? <laughs> That's frightening stuff. There is a price to pay if we don't choose Jesus. So Matthew 26, lots of verses, lots of sermons. But 
but what's it all about? What, 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 I mean, is it all about no, principles for living? Jesus gives us principles for living. Is it that um, there are deep things that we can learn and that we can apply to our lives from this passage of Scripture? Maybe in part, but first and foremost, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's what it says up there. Jesus is Lord. It's all about him. The gospel is good news. I'll tell you why it's good news. Because God created this world. It's pouring with rain outside, believe it or not. Chucking it down. It's fantastic. God made the rain. He made the rain. That wonderful sea out there, the tides, the season, our God made that. The clouds, the structures, everything this world, our God made the mountains. We have an amazingly fantastic God. And he made us in his own image. And he loves us. He loves all people. He loves all mankind. And he wants to be in relationship with us. But because of sin, because we've gone our own way, because of the bad things we've done, let alone what we were born, God can't, can't have that relationship with us. There's, there's no way to connect that perfection with my sin. There's nothing I could do to get right with God. So God chose before time began that he was going to come himself in the form of Jesus. Absolutely incredible. He died on the cross for each and every person, individual on this planet, past, present and future. Got grandchildren? I've got good news. They're going to get saved because Jesus died for them. (laughs) It's good news. Romans 5, 6 says this, you see at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. It's hands up and make Julian feel better time. But anyone feel powerless sometimes? Come on now. Feel powerless sometimes? Think, yeah, we love Jesus. I just feel powerless. I'll tell you what, guys. At just the right time. At just the right time. We, are a God, we have a God who is a just the right time God. He died for us. When we were powerless, when we were lost, Christ died for the ungodly. Me. Us. It's such good news. And the Bible goes on to tell us that God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus actually said that I have the power to lay my life down and take it up. Something he never did. A few theologians out there. He never did. It was God that raised Jesus from the dead. (laughs) Get a body out of a solid cocoon. That's God. Fantastic. But you see, that's not the only exciting bit. It actually gets better and better. Because Jesus said that if you confess me, if you confess your shortcomings and say, Lord, I turn around. I need you in my life. I need you to forgive me of my very nature, of the things that I've done. Will you accept me into your kingdom? The good news is he says yes. Because the blood of Jesus sets us free. Struggling Christian, the blood of Jesus will set you free. <laughs> it's not just self-help books. It's not just trying to live the word in the right way. It's only the power of Jesus coming into our lives that's going to transform us. Jesus said, here we go. He said, I will go to heaven and I've got great news because another will come and he will be just like me. Same nature, same style, same everything. God, the Holy Spirit will fill you. Jesus has ascended to the right hand of the Father and now the Holy Spirit has come. 
who we see and hear. He lives inside you. If you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you've been filled with the Spirit, then God lives inside you. Aren't we mad? God lives in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. How can David this morning say, oh, come to the front and we'll pray and make you better? It's not David. It's just God working through him saying, what I have I give to you. Be free. Know the love of God. Know the love of God. It's not us. We're nothing. Oh, so-and-so in the church. Always happy to pray for people. So-and-so in the church. No, it's not us. It's, it's the love of God constraining us, wanting to pray for people, ministering God's love. He will give us the Holy Spirit. You can be filled with the Spirit of the living God. Confess your sin. Be baptized in water. Down. Dead. Die. And be raised in newness of life. It's a sign. It's a picture of what Jesus has done. Go down into the grave and you're raised in newness of life. And if you're nice, John and David won't keep you down there for three days. <laughs> down up. Have you ever noticed how dirty the bottom of baptistry is after the... Have you noticed that? I love that. The little bits of dirt in there. He washes our sins away. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can have a relationship with God. Don't you want a relationship with God? You want to know him? Walking beside you, in you, helping you with the different difficulties of life. This is easy. It's out there in the world, isn't it? Dealing with that awkward daughter, dealing with the difficult boss, dealing with that person that cuts you up on the street. Jesus helps us with that. Holy Spirit. We need more of the Holy Spirit. Oh, and by the way, It'll be difficult and it'll cost you everything. Everything. I know once I was being a little bit kind of, mm, felt God was calling me to do some, some things and it was getting a bit tough and in the end everything kind of collapsed. And I said to the pastor of the church, oh, it's all gone wrong. He said, she said, Julian, God wants you on the altar because he wants you to die. He doesn't want you walking around the altar talking to God about it. And he had to pick me up, Die. Die. Die to self. How can he come in if there's too much self in here? I know it's onions. We're working on it. But Jesus, could we have more of you in our life and less of us? Would you increase, Lord, that I may decrease? Because I've stood here now for two or three years and tried to share what I felt God's put in my heart. We haven't seen much growth. But if Jesus comes, if we do it his way, we'll see growth. I don't like the way you're doing it, Lord. Tough. So I'm going to do it. Lord, we need more of your Holy Spirit. And something else, you get saved individually. I make a decision for Jesus. But here's the, here's the interesting part. You become a member of God's family. No longer an individual, but part of his family. Now, we become part of his family, but also we have to make a choice to become part of his family. As I was preparing this, I felt the Lord say to me, there's one individual especially who comes from time to time every Sunday, I don't know. And you are physically here, but you're here on your own. You haven't yet realised, in fact submitted, that you're part of the body. We need one another. If we're going to grow, we're not going to see it on our own. Especially if you believe you've got the anointing of God. You, as Andrew would say, you very dangerous. You dangerous. We need to be part of the body, submitting to one another getting the edges knocked off one another. Please, if you're not part of a church, join one. And a bit of news, it won't be perfect. You've got people like me in it. But we need one another. God has called us as Christians not to live individually. Oh, I saw this in the daily light. Well, fantastic. But have you weighed it with someone else? (laughs) 
Not knocking that, but we need to be part of the body. Submit to God. Be part of the body. And I believe there'll be a release for you. 1 John 4, verse 8. It's been really difficult preparing this because I've had such fun in Romans and John. (laughs) 1 John, it's been very difficult to concentrate on Matthew 26 because there's so much wonderful truth in the word of God. But in 1 John 4, 8, in the American Standard, it says this. By this, the love of God was manifest in us. Or, by this, the love of God was manifest in our case. That God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Absolutely amazing. What was God speaking to us earlier? What was the theme David opened with? Anyone remember? Light. Light, Light, that's right. We all remember, don't we? He was talking about light. In my notes. There we are. Meet with God. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's as if someone has turned the lights on. The darkness in our lives turns to light. I believe God is saying today, let the light shine in the darkness. It really excites me when someone you haven't spoken with shares something that's laid on your heart. I wanted us to say a scripture together. And guess what the scripture was that I wanted to say together? John three sixteen, which we had said to us earlier. For God, join me, old-fashioned version, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. In the mouth of two witnesses, it's so thank you for sharing that this morning. Thank you. Absolutely wonderful. God wants to turn the light on. There's a bit too much darkness in our lives. God, let's allow the light to shine. It'll mean more of Jesus, more of Julian has to die because Jesus is Lord and out of his grace and out of willingness, let's come to him and say, Father, here I am. Fill me with your spirit. Let me walk before you. Bless you. Bless you. Oh, bless you. Bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Who wants peace this morning? Peace? Stand if you want peace this morning. Let's stand. Let's do this. Come on. I know I've not got South African accent. Let's just lift our hands. Father God, Father, I just thank you so much that you are a God who gives peace because you have made peace through the blood of your Son. And all of those things that were written against us have been dealt with. You can go back home and read that in Colossians. Everything that was written against you is dealt with and you can have peace with God because there is no fear in love because love casts out fear. Get out of your Anderson shelter because when you're prayed for, the blessings tinkle on the roof. Come out, put down your umbrella and just for once say, Lord, in all my vulnerability, here I am. Fill me 
with you and let your peace come upon me. Not to do stuff, but to know you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Please, please sit down. Today, come. Meet. Meet with this Jesus. You know, he's good news. He's good news. Do you know, this Jesus, he can heal bodies today. He can do it. Now, as I say that, let me tell you what's happening in your mind. The megaphone of experience and disappointment is shouting to you and now giving you all the examples of when it didn't happen. You know what? I don't understand. But I know what the word says. Jesus can heal bodies today. And isn't it wonderful when the Lord highlights like to Fred and we pray for Betty? Why not today? It said, it said the, the poor, I've gone off my notes. In the pool of Bethesda, that man was down for 38 years. Down physically, down mentally, down emotionally. Jesus came in, went just to him, and he said, and don't you see it when you minister to people? You know, he says, uh, uh, you know, blah, and the guy goes, oh, I've been here all this time, I've had all these problems, and that's gone wrong, that's wrong. You know what the Lord said? I almost feel the Lord would say, say quietly, shut up, just receive. Brothers and sisters, when we get prayed for, we sometimes just need to shut up. I say that in love. Lord, just receive. I've got all these reasons why, because of my mother, I chopped her head as a baby. But Lord, I come out from under, let your rain as it's falling now. Not snow, rain. As it's falling now, just soak us and impermeate us with love and refreshment and peace. I tell you, it's all about Jesus, guys, it really is. He, he heals bodies today. He gives peace today. He can restore us today. He can bring breakthrough into family situations today. He can do it. Yeah, Julian, I've heard this so many times, and I heard so-and-so preach on that once, and I heard so-and-so preach on that once, and you don't understand. No, I don't. I'll give you a list of weaknesses, struggles, issues that, that I find tough in life. But Jesus lives in us. There is hope. I think it's in, oh, here we go. Um, I think it's in Job. It says, I think it's Job 9, Job 14, it says, it talks about a tree that's been cut off at the root and it's just completely cut and it's dead. And it's in the ground and it's dead. And it says, yet at the scent of water, the shoots come up. Friend, it might be that it's dead. The situation, the circumstance, the issue, the health, the family thing, whatever, is dead. And you just think, but the Holy Spirit comes and at the scent of water, there can be green shoots. I really believe that. If not, Let's just go down the beach and have fun. <laughs> That's why we're here. <laughs> Jesus is challenging us. He's challenging me. I don't always like it. <laughs> but guys, it's time to do... Guys? Not November the 5th, is it? Friends, it's uh, time to do business with Jesus again. Anyone remember the film, The Lion King? Yeah. And can you feel the love tonight? Yes, that's it. <laughs> Good old Elton. Save him, Lord. Remember the, the story of the film? Um, there's Simba, Simba, the lion cub, and uh, he runs away from his homeland. And he runs away because he's been disobedient and he's been an arrogant little lion cub. But also, he has been lied to by an enemy who tells him to run away. Yeah? Still with me? Years later, he grows up 
And he's still carrying all the hurt and pain and all the rest of it. Years later, a crazy monkey, a crazy monkey comes and he shows him that his loving father lives within him. And he says to him these stirring words. He says, Simba, it is time. It is time. I hope I'm not losing too many people. But before you stands a crazy monkey, okay? (laughs) Crazy monkey. Weaknesses, shortcomings. I'm a crazy monkey. I stand before you, but I tell you, it is time. I believe maybe, maybe even the Spirit of God is saying to us, it is time. It is time for us to realize that we have been lied to and that we have run away from our inheritance. We've been lied to. Yeah, we were arrogant, we made mistakes, maybe we got it wrong. Of course we got it wrong. But we've been lied to and we've run away. It's time to realize that our Father lives inside us. The Holy Spirit lives inside us. It is time, not to rise up and take the nation, but it's time just to come back and say, Father, here I am. What are you calling me to do? It is time. You see, Simba, this line, he returns to his homeland, which is full of mess and it's all problems and issues, and he has lots of battles. The big fight at the end. (laughs) And then he resumes his rightful place in kingship. And he receives his inheritance. It It is time for us to inherit the promises God's given us. I don't want to be carried in here in a box in 50 years' time and Steve leads the service and goes, oh, Junie was a nice guy and he was a bit wacky and a bit weird, but, you know, we felt we heard God sometimes. He loved worship and he could be a bit irritated, but we got, what's the point? What's the point? But to say, here's a guy, he humbled himself and he made mistakes, but he loved Jesus. People might have even got saved. <laughs> People got healed. Don't you long for that? Oh, I long for that. If not, it's so fruitless and so pointless. Let's... We have an inheritance. Let's inherit it. Maybe the Holy Spirit is saying to you today, it is time. Age is irrelevant. How old was Caleb? Fred, help me. (laughs) Caleb was, what, 84, 85? And he said, I'm going to get my inheritance. Age is irrelevant. It really is. Abraham was 90 when it kicked off. (laughs) And I know the culture was different, but... Age is not a, doesn't hold us back. It never holds us back because whatever age we are, it's time to get right with God. Christian, non-Christian, it is time to repent. It is time to repent. It's time to get shot of the bus. Once and for all, Julian, put down your security blanket of being hurt in the past and misunderstood and that country I love so dearly, not far from here, just to lay it down And not live in the security of being hurt, but say, in all my vulnerability, Lord, here I am. Shortcomings, the whole package, but a love for you. I look around this room, and I know many of you quite well. And I know most of you would say, yeah, I don't always get this right. But God, you know I really love you. I believe that God can work with people like that. Because this is good news. This is good news. And God will give us grace as we turn to him. Just, just again, don't, don't live in the lies that we've been told in the past. Don't live in those lies. They're only going to hold us back. The lie that you failed. The lie that you didn't succeed. Dot, dot, dot. Only Jesus. 
He is our inheritance. He is our Abba Father. <laughs> you're born again. Remember I was talking about the blood and all that stuff? <laughs> when you're born naturally, there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of blood, but there's life. <laughs> and we're going to see people, Lord, please, people come to know Jesus as Lord and Saviour of their lives because of the blood. And there's going to be a lot of noise. <laughs> Lord, please, let that, let that happen. Let that happen. Let me just read to you Romans. Fabulous book. I just pray see, I just pray see the first few verses. Paul says, I was set aside, set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, and who through the Spirit was declared with power to be the Son of God by the resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Ain't that fantastic? Through him and for his name's sake we receive grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong. To Jesus Christ. You also are called to belong to Jesus Christ. You are loved by God. You are saints of God. May grace and peace be to you from our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Believe it or not, that actually was my introduction, so I'm not going to do the rest. I just invite you to stand. I'm going to, uh, I just want to share one or two things which I just had a sense the Lord lay on my heart and, and it's an opportunity for us to respond. Paul said, when I came to you, I didn't just come with words, but I came with the power of the gospel. Just a simple question. Are you desperate? Are you desperate for Jesus to break into your life? Just answer that in your own heart. Well, I don't know who this Jesus is. Well, today you can meet him. You can say sorry for the things you've done wrong. And you can be back into a right relationship with God. All you have to do is tell him that you want to turn away from the bad things in your life. And in that sense, the rest will follow. You're desperate for Jesus in your marriage. You're desperate for Jesus in your finances. And most importantly of all, are you desperate for more of Jesus in your life? Because he is the potter and we are the clay. How can we tell him what he should do? If he's called you to this, then go with it. As Angela said to us, God has called us to be here. Everyone here, you are called for such a time as this, to be here today. And I believe the Lord said this to me yesterday and, and just weigh this in your own heart. He said, take my yoke upon you. Just picture in your mind the old-fashioned picture of two oxen going through a field. And they've got this big wooden thing on both their shoulders and they're pulling a plough. So just picture that in your mind. You're one ox. Jesus is the other. Share 
his yoke. If you are not part of the body of Christ, let me tell you, you are not yoked to Jesus. You are running round the field. And because there's only one of you, you're going in circles. And you are cutting up and damaging what God is seeking to plant and to sow. Friend, become part of the body of Christ. Be yoked to Jesus and do it his way. Do it his way. The reason you're getting sore and the reason you're getting hurt is because you're not yoked to him. It's all about Jesus and his body. Father, I want to thank you for the move of your Holy Spirit amongst us throughout this morning. Father, I pray that men and women this this morning will make a decision to do business with you. Just say, Jesus, I'm, I'm sorry. I want you to come into my life. Lord Jesus, I'm tired, so tired of doing it my own way. Would you come by your spirit and be Lord in my life? Would you lead me? And Father, I pray that your light, your light shines so bright and so piercing that, Lord, that you just highlight the stuff you want to highlight in our lives, Lord. And by your grace, set us free. Lord Jesus. If you'd like to be filled again with the Holy Spirit, can I ask you to come to the front? We're going to pray for one another. If you want to be filled, the Bible says, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It is only God's equipping. When I do it in my own strength, I've got quite a lot of the word in me, the Bible, I can survive for a day or two. (laughs) But people see right through it. We need more of the Holy Spirit. If you want to be filled again with the Holy Spirit, come to the front right now. And we're going to pray for one another to be filled with the Spirit of God. We can't do it in our own strength. Let's come right now. Let's pray to be filled again with the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can't do it without him. We can't do it without him.